You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. It has been a long time. I apologize to all the longtime uh, listeners of the podcast. I know I took about a two-month hiatus, and you guys all hated it. You hated all the old stuff, so I got to come up with new stuff. It's like the sequelitis you have in movies and everything else. But I have a great guest on today, co-head coach of Benzie Central, Cody Van Dunkler. Coach, how you doing today? Doing real well. How you doing, Isaiah? Thanks for having me on. Good, good. Glad to have you on. So, so me and Cody, you know, I always start with how we meet and things like that. Um, you know, Cody has followed my podcast a little bit, and I've been seeing what he's been doing with Benzie Central. Well, at this year's state meet, we actually got to talk to each other and, and uh, got an opportunity to reflect on their season and making it to team states. And I was trying to remember there was a guy named, I think it was Kelly, uh, Kelly Rickard, I think. No, uh, Rickard. Yep. Kelly Ricker, uh, who I refer, I officiate with way back in the day, back in the freestyle days. Um, and Benzie Central, he wrestled there, was a state place before them, and, and they had some uh, really tough kids back then. Glad to see it's coming back up, and, and, and good to see that you and, and your co-ed coach is Josh, right? Uh, yep, Josh Lewandowski. Yep. Lewandowski. So I see you guys build that program up, but I don't want to take too much of your thunder, man. Um, thank you for coming on. Tell me. How did you get involved in this great sport of wrestling? Oh, I got involved in wrestling, really. Um, so my mom, um, you know, my dad's been kind of out of my life, my whole life. But my mom married um, a gentleman when I was around two, three years old. Uh, his son was a, uh, was a really accomplished wrestler, and, and he was five years older than me. So... You know, when I was three, four, five, you know, he's five years older than me. I'm seeing him compete and do real well. And um, he would rough me up, um, you know, in the summertime, we'd get together. You know, he'd teach me wrestling moves, rough me up. And I just remembered I always just wanted to be like my big brother. Um, So uh, fourth grade, I started wrestling, um, got involved in the Orchard View Wrestling Club in Muskegon. Um, that's where I, um, you know, met my, met, um, coach Brunger, who I had no idea at the time, but would go on to be somebody who's really, really, um, instrumental in my life. Um, uh, wrestled in the youth. Oh, I competed freestyle, did that sort of thing. Um, won some freestyle state titles, didn't really find success until a few years into wrestling, um. But really, as a youth, um, it was more football for me. Um, I didn't really develop the, the um, wrestling as my favorite sport until really high school. Um, but, yeah, um, so I got coached by um, Mark Brunger, and he was the assistant wrestling coach at Orchard View at that time. Um, so – full circle I you know spend until about seventh grade at Orchard View and then I move up to Benzie Central um, and spend three seasons up there and that's where I ended up meeting Josh Lovendusky and Josh Lovendusky actually coached me my eighth grade year <laughs> um go figure so, so it, it's kind of funny how uh wrestling it just kind of keeps circling back like so coach Brunger was my coach and youth go on to Benzie Central, 
get coached by guys like Josh Lewandowski, Mike Feckety, Dan Salyer, um, was a part of a district championship team my freshman year at Benzie. Um, and then due, some, due to some family issues and things, I moved actually back to Muskegon after my sophomore year of football um, at Benzie Central mm-hmm. um, and moved in with my grandma. So I didn't get to compete my sophomore year wrestling because of transfer rules. Right. So I'm back at Orchard View, um, back with Coach Brunger. He's coaching the high school team now. Um, so, so I'm back under Coach Brunger's wing. I end up, you know, training with the team um, my whole sophomore year. I didn't get to compete, but Coach Brunger did a really good job at um, redirecting me because I, when I moved to Orchard View, I kind of had this idea that it was it was going to be all football. You know, right. I missed out on wrestling, um, so it was going to be all football. Well, you know, Coach Brunger just stayed in my ear, um, kind of um, took me under his wing and kind of put me on like a coach on their high school team. And right. I don't know if that was kind of to boost my ego a little bit or, <laughs> you know, to keep keep me around the program. But, you know, through that, I developed a friendship with all the guys on the team and, um and so junior year, I came back and, um, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, um, first on the scene, ended up taking fifth in the state. Um, and that led me into my, my senior year where I, you know, I, I went into my senior year ranked number one all year and um, kind of had some, you know, life issues that kind of got in the way of some things, but, you know, I ended up taking seventh my senior year. Um, and went on to wrestle at Muskegon Community College uh, for for co- for for Coach Brunger, which yeah. which is cra- crazy how life works. But you know, I I, I trusted Coach Brunger a lot, um, and and I knew that um, sticking by his side was going to be a good good thing for me. Oh yeah, um, Jayhawk Pride. There, I, I you know I had my interview with Coach Brunger, who was. You know, very rarely do I have guests that I haven't had any interaction with. So it was really, it was nice to talk to a fellow Jack and, and the connections that coach and I had with Ron Gaffner, who did not coach me at MCC, but was Ooh. there when I was wrestling there. And, and he's originally from the Lansing area and went to Williamson State champ and then, you know, led MCC to so many successful seasons and still is around there in some capacity. So it's just interesting how this Jayhawk circle continues to to fill the nest, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Coach Ron Gaffner is an is an absolute legend, and an, and it's an honor for me to have been coached by him and to call him a friend now. You know, um, he's still my coach. I still call him coach, but um, but you know, I, he's a he's a friend of mine now, and and um, you know. Coach Brunger, I think as highly of, he's a top-notch um, guy, and, and and he's a Hall of Famer in my book, um, no no doubt. Oh yeah. So tell me after, so you wrestle at MCC, and and as you know, you wrestle at the college level. You get to you meet so many people. I know from my experience, um, when we go back to when every year I go back to the state finals, I see a lot of my college teammates like Ryan Lancaster or Tony Harmer. Uh, Kenny Thomas and and it's nice to reminisce about the the quote-unquote good old days when we were all in shape right now Kenny Thomas is the only one I think could make 149 if he needed to I don't think the rest of us can make our our weight classes but we could try um what um what was your like goal after you were done competing collegiately 
Well, you know, through college, I um, at the McMullen, which is the first open um, tournament there on MCC schedule. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I blew my knee out. Um, so I did that in the semifinals. I was really competitive in the match. I was wrestling against a kid from Niagara who was ranked third in the country at the time. Had a really competitive match third period. I blew my knee out. And from there, it was just kind of an uphill battle um, for me competitively. So I, I kind of separated myself, um, came back after two seasons, tried to make a run at it again. Um, found out my girlfriend of the, t- of the time of seven years was pregnant. And we were expecting to have a daughter. So, so I kind of put the competition behind me and um, focused on, on work and, and uh, trying to build a life for myself and my family. And it um, wasn't until a few years after she was born, two years, I was up here working, up here in Benzie County, um, working. And uh, Josh Lovendusky called me up was like, hey. I hear you're you're in town like I am he's like so I have this kid he's an ox and <laughs> I need somebody to wrestle with him um there's nobody that can wrestle with him so they got me into the room that way and I was kind of a just a training partner for a kid named his name was Cody Hansen he was a two-time um state qualifier real tough kid mm-hmm. um for Benzie um just kind of came in as a training partner for him helped out uh, for a few years and then um, really got serious after two years. Um, after two years, I, you know, Josh asked me to be the paid assistant coach. Um, at that time, we only, you know, when I first started with them, we only had maybe 10, 11 kids on the team, 10 consistent kids on the team, you know. Um, Josh was in a tough place. He just didn't have the support. Um, he didn't have a lot of help at that time. Um, so we had some tough individuals, but you know, a couple years in, I kind of spent some time around the program, kind of seen some things that I thought needed changing, you know? Um, and we won a district title. Um, I started volunteering in 2016. We won a district title in 2019. Um, after that district title, I really started running practices more. Um, and then after 2020, we won another district title. And that regional final loss, um, we, we ended up losing to Hart, which was a really tough team. But that really put a sour taste in my mouth. You know, I really knew what we had in the room and knew what really needed to happen. We had a freshman group that was tight as they come, 4.0 students, and loved, loved practicing. They loved practicing. So I knew that that was the group that – could really spearhead, um, spearhead the change. Um, so, so in 2021, he asked me to be the co-head coach. Um, and I, and I've been kind of making a lot of the decisions about what's going on since then. So mm-hmm. it's been a good, been a good journey. I, I'm grateful for Josh Lewandowski. He's, he's an incredible person who's, who's done nothing but give back to his alma mater in every way, shape or form. And for a guy to kind of have have the role as the head coach to kind of step back and say, hey, I need help. And, and the help you're giving me is great. And we need to keep doing what you you're. Um, this says a lot about the guy, you know, yeah. it really does. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the co-head coach and working together. What is it 
for you to the from from a coaching standpoint, the co-head coach. Do you design practice plans together? Do you do scheduling together, or is there like a a delegation of certain roles? Like, how does that play out? Because I, the co-head coach thing, it, I shouldn't call it a thing, but the the it's not something that's talked about very often. How to make that work in the grand scheme of things within a program? How do you guys make it work? Well, you know, I think the co-head coaching thing. I think really. Um, in any in any program, it should be co-head coaching. Your 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 head coaches and assistant coaches should all be heading everything, right? It should be a collective. Um, so the first step is checking your ego at the door, you know. And granted, we're all wrestlers; we all have our egos, and you know, there's times where we don't agree, but we don't fight about things. You know, we keep keep it about the kids, and 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 we establish roles, you know. Um, Josh handles a lot of the administration stuff. He's inside the school as a teacher. He handles a lot of, you know, talking to uh, faculty. Um, he handles our um, getting our schedule squared away, all of our track wrestling information, all that stuff. Um, talk to the athletic director um, about um, grades and, and those sort of things. Um, he handles a lot of logistics about, you know, making sure we got buses and making sure our hotels are, um, set up and, and, and all that behind the scenes logistical stuff. Um, Josh handles, I handle a lot of the practice structure, um, you know, summer workouts, stuff that we're going to do. Um, I, you know, I basically, my job is to make sure the guys are ready to compete. His job is to make sure that we have a platform to compete on. Right. So, um, yeah, but the first step is checking ego, you know, we're, we're a collective. We've got a lot of coaches, um, a lot of coaches that bring a ton of experience to the table and, uh, and we just, we continue to communicate amongst each other and, and just kind of, um, keep it about the kids, you know, keep it about the kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. The kids are, are number one. How do you handle communicating with parents about your expectations for your team, the season, things like that, your expectations for them at competitions and providing transportation food for your athletes? Yeah, so um, we live in a great world where social media makes communication really, really easy and at our fingertips. Um, being that we are in um, the, you know, the demographic we're in, you know, we are a school that is, for one, the smallest county. We're in the smallest county per square mile, but our school also makes up the entire county. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's six villages and it's 316 square miles um so it's not as easy as just going down the neighborhood a few blocks down and talking to your your classmate you know it's it's we can drive up to 40 to 50 minutes to get to a teammate's house mm -hmm. so um using that that plat like our platforms we use our remind me apps and we have a facebook private facebook group that um you know that we keep everybody in the loop on that way and Social media really, really helps. And, and two, um, you know, being in a small community, I'm just, we're just there all the time. You know, we're, we're, you know, at the football games, baseball games, track meets, sitting with parents and hanging out. And um, so, so it, social media really helps. Uh -huh. Tell me about the getting over the hump in, winning the regional title what was that like 
Um, so getting over the hump, you know, part of the, part of the problem was it wasn't that we didn't have tough wrestlers. It's just that we couldn't feel the full lineup. That was the biggest hurdle to get over. And, um, we were, we were division three last year and we, um, you know, Kingsley is a, is a tough team and they're just right across town from us. They were, um, one of our only four losses this year really really solid squad so they kind of um kind of derailed our our runs um for the last couple years um you know and now that we dropped down to d4 and in in an enrollment size that are is actually close to what our school is you know we only got 330 kids in Mm -hmm. our high school um so dropping to d4 you know really helped and um and we had to compete with uh pine river and pine river is a school that historically has always done well in wrestling and, and Benzie central has historically not done well against Pine river. Um, so we just had to, you know, put a lot of time in, put a lot of time in, keep, keep the kids believing. And, uh, you know, part of it too, is we just got a really, really great group of kids, you know, that just want to compete want to want to go out there and do well. Um, so I, we can't take all credit for it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's always a beautiful thing. I, it makes me remember our run uh, in 14 with Western and just great group of kids and just finally put it all together, um, coming together for a common goal to achieve something that hadn't been achieved at school in a long time. And, and it's, it's one of those things that even when you, when you reflect back 20, 30 years, you're still going to remember that feeling of the final whistle and Back then, we went to Battle Creek, so I brought a uh, a box of uh, Frosted Flakes. And when we won, we took a picture, of the, and then we ate it on the bus ride home. Um, it's the best Frosted Flakes I ever had without milk, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So what are some things that you're seeing uh, that are some things that you think coaches need to do when they're trying to build a program? You've mentioned some things about communication, check your ego. Is there anything else that you would – add to that well you know i i've always come from the spot of like the old saying you can't show them how much you know until they know how much you care um so that that's that's number one you know especially you know the days of um you know respect coach he's in that position for a reason and and his word is is you know law um, that that's that's kind of a lost thing, you know. It's respect is kind of er, is earned thing nowadays, and these kid, you know, these kids really got to earn their respect and and really show them you care about them, really show them you love them, and um, that's what I, I I the angle I took is you know less you know these kids a lot of them's parents never wrestled before, um, you know I'm grateful I do have some kids that um, parents do did wrestle and and they've got that, but. Um, Let's make this a place that kids want to be, you know, let's, let's make the wrestling room an escape, you know, a place where kids want to be, you know, now we got kids that just after school, they just go hang out in the wrestling room. Cause that's their space, you yes. know, um, surround it, fill the room full of people that kids enjoy being around and want to be around. And, um, and now that you, you got the kids, you know, bought into you as a person, now they're going to go to the end of the world. And, um, and, and that's the thing that's special about our program is, is how tight we really are. Um, 
you know, we really are tight. Everybody's homegrown, no transfers. Um, these kids have grown up together. They've, they've had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows together. Um, so, so that, that, you know, just that team chemistry of just, you know, building this place as a place where some, where kids can go, um, and feel supported and, and no matter where you're at, no matter where you come from, no matter what your skill set is, um, this is a place where we care about you. We care about developing you as a person, developing you as an athlete. Um, and not, and, and two, we live in Benzie County, you know, there in the wintertime, there's not much to do. Um, <laughs> either ice fishing, ice fishing, snowmobiling or deer hunting in the wintertime. And the, the, the ice wasn't that great this year and the snow wasn't that great. So, there we go. You know, oh, get yeah. to the wrestling room. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Got to get them all there. So um, yeah. my, my last thing is in the last couple weeks, we've had some youth wrestling tournaments and uh, regionals and states. And some of the things that we've I've witnessed, at least I, I I've saw a couple things. Uh, one match where a parent was trying to get their child to continue wrestling and he's using profane language. He's physically pushing and grabbing the child to try and put him in positions like that. And from my standpoint as a parent, as a coach, you shouldn't do that to your athlete. What can we do as coaches to kind of educate our parents and even our coaches on how to manage our emotions so we can be good role models for those, uh, for our athletes? Well, as a coach, I think part of it is just for one conducting yourself in the manner you expect um, your athletes and parents and supporters to, to act. Right. You know, if, if, if you're getting emotional and losing your cool all the time, um, then, then you're going to see that in everybody around. So for one, be the example, hold yourself to that standard. And two, you know, there is, you have to, when it comes to being a coach, sometimes you have to have conversations that are hard with people, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes you have to reel a parent in and say, Hey, you know, um, I know, I know you love little Johnny, but you know, right now, I don't think that this is what he needs. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and just, I think it comes from developing a relationship with your parents and your athletes that, Hey, coach does care. Um, if, if he's talking to me, it's cause he's coming from a caring place. Um, you know, and, and not letting the, not letting the stuff go in, in, in the wrestling room and, and, and at meets, you know, you gotta have some form of discipline and, um, it's unfortunate what's, what's been going on, um, in some of these youth meets. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And you're hoping that, you know, some, something stops the madness. I know for me coaching my my child or my children it can be very very difficult to rein in those emotions especially in a sport like wrestling it's combative Uh, I was talking to somebody today about how she feels different watching her child compete in any other sport but wrestling because you see your kid get thrown to the ground or get a hard cross face and you want you want to jump in there and protect them but as parents, as adults, we got to set a good example. And when I'm watching these things unfold and I'm hearing about fights at a tournament for kids, like 
what what have we come to that we want to take all the attention off the athletes and want it to be about ourselves? Well, yeah, it's yeah, I, it just kind of goes to show kind of where we're at in the world right now. You know, it just it's it's unfortunate. Um, the best that you know, the best that we can do is take care of our own backyards, um, keep water in our lawns, and take care of our own. And you know that this is i'm fortunate that we don't deal with that here at benzie central i'm i'm fortunate that we don't have that um our parent our parents can get rowdy a little bit at the at the meets you know they get fired up for wrestling they love some good intense wrestling but um you know we're not dealing with with none of that stuff uh here and and i'm really grateful for that but it 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 breaks your heart because you know that's not what the kid needs you know Mm -hmm. after a loss the kid doesn't need to hear about what they did wrong what you know what they could have would have should have done all they want to hear is that you love them and that you support them and that they're going to live the fight another day you know um i'm a big i'm big on how we communicate with our with our athletes after they come off the mat and I'm, i'm i'm it, it it crushes me to see how some of these coaches and parents interact with, with their athletes. Um, it really does. And, and it, it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to um, keep your mouth quiet when you see it too, you know, it's kind of hard to like bite your tongue and turn your head. It's like, mm-hmm. um, I was, it's funny. I was listening to a flow wrestling um, episode and they were talking about it and, and the way um, Christian piles handled it. He's like, my son actually went up and, and told the guy like, Hey, you know, um, you know, he don't, he don't, he probably don't like it when you do that. <laughs> and, 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 and coming from a kid, like, right. wow, maybe that, that might be what it needs to happen. You know, is mm-hmm. hearing it from the kids, like, Hey, you know, like, I don't know, but it, it's, it's unfortunate, um, yeah. but I'm just really grateful that we, we don't, we don't, we aren't dealing with that here right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. Those, those tough. Okay. And, and like I, team I've ever coached, and with their parents, I'm like, listen, I spend more time with you than I do my own wife and kids. So by fe- function of us being together, you're technically my sons or daughters. So yeah, I it, we have a certain expectation for each other when it comes to competing and how we handle ourselves, both on and on, on and off the mat. And and hopefully we we see some changes in that. I do think by talking about it more and really identifying these these uh situations and really handling them is the best way for us to move forward Uh, i was thinking about uh we went to our mhsa coaches meeting and so many parents getting kicked out of competitions or following officials trying to fight officials after competitions it's just like what what just happened when when did we think that was okay to do like at the end of the day (laughs) These the officials have a job to do, which is to keep your athletes safe. And I will never talk down about an official that keeps my athletes safe. Whether they make a great call or a bad call, it doesn't really matter. Did you keep my 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 athletes safe? Then that's and then we can work on the wrestling aspect of it of trying to be competitive and win a match. But those things have to change. My last thing Mm -hmm. here, and and I apologize, we got we got to try and end on a positive note, right? No, no worries. So we're two years into the girls competing at Ford Field for state titles. What is your take on the the massive growth in women's wrestling really in the last 10 years? 
Man, um, it's got me fired up for the sport, you know. Um, oftentimes we look at how, how the boys are doing, you know, in, in the world. And, you know, but the growth of girls wrestling, especially having a 10-year-old daughter involved in the sport and having, you know, two girls on my team personally, um, it, it really makes me excited for the future and, and the possibilities. You know, I got um, a young lady named Cambry Lawrence on the team. Um, who is an absolute stud. Um, she took seventh this year at 125 as a junior, started wrestling um, as a freshman. Um, and the opportunities that are there for her in just this short amount of time, you know, this is this is a girl who could, you know, really use wrestling as, a, you know, as a way to change her, her life, for, you know, for the rest of her life. And she can, you know, use wrestling to go to pretty much any school she wants at this point, you know, and she, it's, it's so, it's so exciting um, to see how high level these girls are really wrestling. I mean, I go into the girls regional this year and, and the, the whole gym was just filled with girls and, and re, re, like these girls are wrestling at a high, high level. And it is awesome to see. I love watching it. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I think what really got me was, Watching Helen Morales win in 16, and I say I didn't watch it before, but I think having daughters and like, man, maybe my daughter could do that, and and especially a sport that I understand a little bit more than soccer. I'll still coach them in soccer, but um, it's been a it's been a really fun fun ride to see that all come together and just wrestling in general, just getting better and the opportunities for all these athletes to be able to compete, go to camps, and and learn about this great sport. So. Um, Cody, I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much for coming on the Coach T podcast and looking forward to great things from Benzie Central next year. Hey, I really appreciate it, Isaiah. We're uh we're we're excited for next year. We're gonna have a lot of our hammers still in the lineup and uh looking to make a push to the to the finals this time. So appreciate it, Isaiah. Yep, be awesome to see. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.